praise you, Lord, because you are worthy of our praise. So, Father, we're going to ask these prayers right now in the mighty, precious name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And I would ask that you would open up your Bibles to Acts, the 16th chapter. And I'm going to start at the 23rd verse. Acts, the 16th chapter. And I'm going to start at that 23rd verse. And I'm going to read through the 26th verse. When you have it, I would just ask you to just say amen. 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 And it reads, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations I'm sorry, I lost for the foundations were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Amen. May the Lord have blessed you, the readers and the hearers and the doers of his word. Amen. You may take your seats. Amen to our pastor, senior pastor, Dr. E.J. Morris, associate pastor, Reverend Miles, and his absence, and evangelist minister, Riley. It is always a blessing anytime you get to preach God's word. It's nothing to take lightly. It's, a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. I, I, I thought about something, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, when, uh, when, when, when you're talking to people or, you're, you know, you're talking to people and you say, well, yeah, I, 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 I have to preach Sunday. And I'll I, I, I be thinking about that. I, I have to preach no, 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 I, I get the privilege of preaching on Sunday. It, it, making it, it, saying I, I have to make it sounds like a task. Make it sound like it, it's something you really don't want to do, but, but, but you get the privilege of doing something. But, but I, I'm not going to stay here very long this morning. Uh, and I know you hear that all the time, but, but I will say what God said to say. And in, and in looking at these verses and, 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 and looking at the situation and thing that took place here and, and everything going on uh, in society and the, the troubles, the ups and downs everybody's going through. There's some folks sitting here this morning that's going through some stuff. There's some folks sitting here this morning that's got a situation going on in their life right now. Like Paul and Silas had a situation going on right here. Uh, but I want to leave you with this. One thing, because there's something that took place in that 25th verse when it says, but at midnight. And so whatever your situation is, whatever it is that you might be going through, whatever it is that you might be dealing with, I want to leave you with these words right now. And the word is simply this, you'd better put a praise on that situation. I don't know what your situation might be. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's happening in your life, but whatever it is, you'd better put a praise on it. A lot of times we want to complain about what we're going through. We want to complain about what we're dealing with. But God is not interested in your complaints. He is not interested in you whining and moaning about what's going on because you are not the only one going through. You are not the first one to go through and you will not be the last one to go through. So instead of complaining, God wants us 
to put a praise on it. Praise God in the midst of whatever it is that you might be going through. I was thinking about this and letting it roll through my mind, and, I, and, and as, as I was thinking about this title, think about that, I was like, Lord, somebody got a song out of that, don't they? And, and I, started, I, started, I started thinking about it. I had, I, had to get on, I had to get on the internet. I was like, oh, yeah, Tasha Cobb. Tasha Cobb. My, my wife loves some Tasha Cobb. She got that song, put a praise on it. And that's what you need to do. Whatever your situation is, put a praise on that thing. We put everything else on it but praise. And we wonder why we're going through what we're going through because we refuse to praise God in the midst of our troubles. It's easy to tell God, I thank you when things are going well. It's easy to tell God, thank you when the bills are paid, the lights are on, the roof over your head, clothes on your back, food on your table. However, when they're knocking on your door and putting a note on your door, then what are you going to do? You better still praise God. A lot of times we're thanking God for the good things and we, and, 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 and we never question God about why I'm being blessed. When I'm getting good stuff, I, I never stop and say, God, why are you blessing me? But yet still, when I get problems, God, why am I going through these problems? You, you can't have it both ways. You got to thank him in the good and the bad times. You're not necessarily happy about the bad times, but you're thanking him for what he is doing to you and keeping you through those bad times. And no matter who you are, there will be a midnight in your life. So I'm going to tell you right now, you might as well just get ready to put a praise on it. Like it or not, ready or not, midnight will come. I remember when we were kids, you know, we played that hide and go seek. Ready or not, here I come. Midnight is the same way, ready or not. Here I come. So I advise you to get ready because it's going to come. And when it makes its appearance, you simply need to learn how to put a praise on it. And, and don't be looking at me crazy when I'm putting a praise on my situation. Because you don't know what it is that I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what God is bringing me out of. So don't be looking at me crazy when I'm praising God for what he has done for me. And I don't need to be looking at you talking about all that ain't necessary. I don't know what's going on in your life. We always want to talk about what's necessary. All that shouting ain't necessary. You don't know whether it's necessary or not. All that noise ain't necessary. You don't know what they done been through. You don't know what's wrapped up in that shout. You don't know what they're shouting about. You don't know where God has brought them from. So I advise you to just mind your business. Before they were even locked up, they were beaten. That 23rd verse says that, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the end, into the prison. Now, if you look back on the story, Paul and Silas were beaten and thrown in a jail because they messed up somebody's money. Go back and, go, go back and look at the story. That, that's the whole reason why they were thrown in jail because they messed up somebody's money. Go, go, go back to that 16th verse. If you go back in that, that, that same story, it says, now when it happened as they went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by her fortune, by her fortune telling. And Paul got fed up, he got tired of it, and he stopped and he told that spirit to come out from her. And they had to listen, and it came out. 
But then look at that 19th verse. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they couldn't make any money anymore. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Simply because they had messed up their money. Things haven't changed today. You mess with some folks' money nowadays, it's going to be even worse. People don't know how to act when you're talking about messing with their money. Things are the same just like it was back then. Now, it was bad enough they were beaten, but they were put into stocks and thrown into the inner prison. And, and, and I'm, matter of fact, I'm getting close to being finished here. I'm almost done. It said, made their feet fast in stocks, two large pieces of wood uh, with holes in it that joined together. And here's what you need to understand is that your inner prison is a place that nobody can get you out of but God. That inner prison is not just a regular prison. That's, a, that, that, that's down off in there. That, that, that's someplace down deep that they had to take you to. And sometimes we find ourselves in some places that are pretty deep. Some places that can't nobody get to us but God. Our brothers and sisters reach out to us. They try to talk to us, but we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear what they got to say because of where we at. It ain't nothing you can do for me. Because I'm in a place you can't get to. You see me, but you don't see me. I'm in that inner prison, locked away by what's going on in my life. But that's where the story changes when you get to that 25th verse. That 25th verse start out with but. But, 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 that, that conjunction. I, I, I told you, I periodically throw things in there for my wife. She's an English teacher, so I, I periodically try to sound like I'm educated. Try to make her feel like she married a smart man. At least semi-smart, you know. I don't know everything, but some things. But but is a conjunction. Like they say, we always sing those songs when we were kids. You know, Saturday mornings, we were sitting there watching that rock, that conjunction, junction. Y'all remember all that? Yeah. What's your function? Hooking up phrases. Come on now, yeah. Clauses. It is a uninflected linguistic form that joins together sentences, clauses, phrases, or words. And here we have but joining together that 24th and that 25th verse. And what happened, that but is letting us know that a change is about to take place. A, a, a change simply by that word but lets us know something's getting ready to take. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I might have been weeping all night, but joy is coming in the morning. Simply by that word, but being placed there. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. If you just wait on them, you just got to wait on the Lord sometimes. Whatever it is you got to go through, just wait on them. And if you wait on them, you shall renew your strength. Webster tells us that midnight is a deep or extended darkness or gloom. But what happened is, is that but is now taking this negative connotation. Amen. See how I threw that word in there? <laughs> a negative connotation. See, I sound educated right now. <laughs> it's taking that negative connotation of midnight and turning it into a positive one. You see, midnight is usually uh, uh, things that are dark. You know, you usually hear that things uh, don't usually see, uh, it, you know, when that midnight comes, it, you know, there's some things going on. I, I don't know what it is about midnight. 
But at midnight, we hear some things and see some things that we don't normally see in the daytime. Or at least we think we hear some things and we see some things. That's what midnight will do to you. Midnight will confuse you. Midnight will have you seeing stuff that's really not there. Midnight will make you think some things going on in your life that's really not happening. Midnight will deceive you if you're not careful. So you can't get caught up in what's going on at midnight because midnight is one of those crazy times that you got to watch out for. That's why mom and daddy didn't want us out at midnight. Because some things happen out there at midnight now. Mom and daddy say you need to be out there. But you know we don't listen though. We don't think mom and daddy know what they're talking about. I, I need to see for myself. And Lord, I should have listened to mom and daddy. Because there's some things that take place at midnight that you don't need to be out there. And it's by the grace of God that I'm still standing here today. Because I don't know about you, you know, I, I, I didn't live up in necessarily the, the, the best neighborhoods. I didn't live in necessarily the, the best places. I didn't hang around with some of the, 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 the best folks. I, I hung around with some all right folks. I got some good friends, but some of the people we hung out with wasn't always the best folks. You find yourself in some bad places that you really shouldn't be in. But that's why we thank God for keeping us. That's why we thank God for his grace. That's why we thank him for his mercy. And so we have to be careful about what happens at midnight. But in this situation, we got a change that is going to take place. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. But let us know there's about to be a change in the atmosphere. You know, the atmosphere kind of sets everything, lets you know what's getting ready to happen. The atmosphere is a sign of what's to come. If there's a bad storm on its way, the atmosphere is going to let you know. And the same way that we have that atmosphere set out there, we need to set that atmosphere in God's house. We need to set an atmosphere of praise in God's house. If you set an atmosphere of praise in God's house, things will happen in God's house. People's lives will be changed by praise in God's house because the atmosphere has been set in God's house. But it's up to us to determine what's going to happen. It's up to us to determine whether we're going to do that or not. Now, I could be wrong, but this could have been a perfect time to whine, moan, and complain and have a pity party. Because they hadn't done anything wrong. But yet still they were beaten and they were tossed into prison. So most of us would have taken advantage of this time to whine and moan. Because we whine and moan for much less than this. So we'd have been all in on this one. We'd have definitely been selling it, you know, putting forth a good show on this one, talking about woe is me. I'm always going through, Lord. Don't you see what's happening in my life, Lord? You say you love me, Lord, but yet and still this is happening in my life. You see I'm trying to do your will. You see I'm going to church on a regular basis. You see I'm writing my checks out for tithes and offering, but yet and still it seems like stuff is going on in my life. And every time I turn around, this is happening. Every time I turn around, that's happening. However, has God ever left you? Has God ever not come, never come through for you? Even though you've gone through some things, God has always made a way out. God has always taken care of you. No matter what's been going on in your life, God has been faithful to you. And I'm going to show you what that praise will do. I'm going to show you what happened when you put a praise on your situation. I'm going to show you what's going to take place when you decide to praise God instead of complaining about things. God shows up when some praise is going to be going on, beaten and thrown in. Better put a praise on that thing. 
Scripture said right here that they were praying and singing hymns to God. Not to other prisoners, but to God. And the other prisoners were eavesdropping and listening in on, on what was going on. And when you come in here on Sunday morning, what you are doing is to God. It's, it's, it's not for me. It's, it's not to entertain me. It's, it's, it's to God. And that's who you ought to be praising. That, that, that's who you ought to be doing this thing for. The, the prisoners were listening in. And that word that's translated for listening said what that means simply is they were listening with pleasure. As if listening to beautiful music. And we need to understand that it's in the time of darkness that the light of Christians shines the brightest. Some of y'all didn't get that. It's in the time of darkness that the light of Christians shine the brightest. How loud did they have to be singing for the other prisoners to hear what they were saying? They were, they were in, the, in the prison. And I simply ask the question, what do you do when your loved one says they don't love you anymore? I'm leaving you. I'm walking out. What do you do when your employer says your services are no longer needed? But you got a house payment due tomorrow. What do you do when your body is racked with pain and the doctors say they ain't got nothing else they can do for you? Doctor said, we done done all we can do, but there's nothing else we can do for you. Well, what do you do? Well, I told you when I started this thing, you put a praise on it. Ain't no, say, ain't no, say, no, ain't no secret here. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever troubles you're having, you need to put a praise on it. The Bible says there was a great earthquake. Okay, now, 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 stick with me now because this, this is just my mind. This is just the way I think. Don't hold it against me. The scripture talks about how heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. Now, now, remember when Stephen was stoned? You remember that story back, further back in Acts, the seventh chapter? Stephen said that he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Now, don't miss that. Don't miss that. He said he saw him standing because if you look throughout the scripture, anytime they talk about Jesus on the right hand, they talk about him sitting at the right hand of God. I'm going somewhere with this now. Yeah, yeah, y'all better stay with me. But I told my wife, boy, I preach myself happy with this thing. All right? So, do nobody get it but me? Then that must have been just for me. But he said that he saw him standing at the right hand of God. And here's the thing that, 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 that jumped out at me because Stephen standing for uh, Jesus now has Jesus standing for him. Right over some of y'all's head. Stephen standing for Jesus caused Jesus to stand for Stephen. I believe praise in the midst of your trouble gets God moving. Just like praise gets you out of your seat, I believe praise gets God out of his. Now, now praise don't always get you up right away. You know, sometimes you're sitting there, you're, you're clapping your hands, you're you're stomping your feet, shaking your head. Next thing you know, you're sitting on the edge of your seat. 
Next thing you know, it's getting good to you. Next thing you know, you're up on your feet praising God. Now, the scripture does not say this, but this is just me. This is just, this is just what I see. It says that, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. They weren't concerned. They were having a prayer service with God. But then that 26 verse says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Suddenly, like, like something happened all of a sudden. What is it that took place all of a sudden? I, I, I believe their praise got some things moving. I, I, I believe their praise got God to moving. I, I, I believe in my mind, I, I, I can see God sitting there watching Paul and Silas being beaten. I can see them taking, getting their clothes ripped off of them and, they, and they're being beaten and then all of a sudden they're thrown in a prison and then instead of cursing God and complaining, these fellas broke out in a praise service. Instead of complaining about being beaten and done wrong, they decided that I'm going to praise God. Instead of complaining about what's going on, we need to start saying, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Lord, I thank you for you being God. I, I, I thank you for what you have done for me. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for watching over me when I sleep at night. And I believe that what happened was when they began to praise God, I believe that caused God to stand up himself. I believe that just like Jesus was standing for Stephen, I believe God stood up for Paul and Silas. And I believe that praise got so good to God that when he stood up out of his seat and his foot hit the earth, it began to shake and it began to shake some things loose. And I believe if you begin to praise God, it'll begin to shake some things loose in your life. If you open up your mouth and tell God, I thank you for who you are, He'll begin to shake the foundation in your life of things that's going on. The foundation that the building was going on is what keeps it together. And if that foundation begins to give, that building is going to give. Your enemies think they're building some things against you on a solid foundation. But they don't understand the God that you serve. They don't understand that you know who God is and that you love God and you are willing to praise him in the midst of whatever it is that you are going through. They don't understand that if you begin to open your mouth and to praise God and to thank him for what he has done for you, that he'll begin to shake up all of that mess your enemy has been trying to build against you. He'll begin to shake it to the very core of what they've been trying to do and it's all going to fall apart right in front of them because they didn't understand they were messing with a child of God. So whatever it is you're going through in your life, I believe that you need to turn around and put a praise on that thing. You need to put a praise on that situation. Whatever troubles you have in your life, you need to put a praise on that thing. Whatever the doctors has told you, you need to put a praise on that thing. Whatever the enemy is telling you, you need to put a praise on that thing. Whatever anybody is trying to do against you, you need to put a praise on that thing. I don't care what it is. I don't care how bad it is. Praise will change some things in your life. Praise will make some things move in your life. Praise will shake some things up in your life. And that's what happens when you begin to praise God for who he is and what it is that he has done for you. Learn how to praise God. Learn how to open your mouth and tell God, I thank you for everything that you have done. There are some things that I didn't like that happened in my life, but I thank you. Just like Job said, hey, I, I used to hear about you. I, I had heard about you with the hearing of your ear, of my ear. However, he says, but now I know because I've seen you with my own eyes. I'm not telling you what mom and daddy told me. I'm telling you what I know for myself. 
when I was a little kid, I used to be able to get by on what mom and daddy told me. But when I became an adult, what mom and daddy told me couldn't get me through. I had to learn some things on my own because there are some times that I couldn't pick up the phone and call mom and daddy. There are some things that mom and daddy couldn't get me out of. There are some things that only my heavenly father can get me out of. There were some doors that only God can open. There were some doors that only God can close. There were some situations that only God himself can work out in my life. So now I understand who he is. And I understand how much he loves me. And now I know that I can praise him for who he is. I can praise him not because of what I have. But I can praise him for who he is. I don't care what he is doing for me. I, he doesn't need to do it another thing for me. Now, how many can say that and really mean that? How many of you can say, God, you don't have to do another thing for me. You've done more than enough. And then the minute God starts blessing you, you get mad and walk away. You turn your back on God when he starts blessing you. You sing that song all the time. I'll go if I have to go by myself. I remember when I first came to the Lord, when I started preaching. I used to sing that song with them. I sing. The brothers would stand up and sing that song. I'll go even if I have to go by myself. But one day I found myself standing by myself. One day nobody was standing with me anymore. Everybody had something they wanted to say against me. People that said they were my friends were no longer my friends. People who said they would never leave me and left me. People who said they wouldn't turn their backs on me, turn their backs on me. People who said I can call on them wouldn't answer the phone. When it was time to go by myself, I decided, you know what, God, I'm going to do this thing by myself. Now, I don't, you have never left me. You've never turned your back on me. You've never forsaken me. So I'm going to go wherever you tell me to go, Lord. If it's just me and you, that is more than enough. I don't care who's with me. As long as God is with me, everything is going to be all right. I can trust him because he is in control and it's more than anybody can be against me. I'm telling you, you better learn how to praise God when you're in the midst. You better learn how to open up your mouth and praise God in the midst of whatever you are going through. I know some of you sitting here right now, you're saying, preacher, you don't understand. You, you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand that I am almost out. Preacher, you don't understand. I, I, I hear you talking, preacher, I, but, but, but you don't understand what it is that I'm going through. You, you don't understand my situation. You don't know how all of a sudden they've called me and they've gave me this news. You don't understand how I've been struggling trying to hold on to this house and the bank is calling and telling me that they're going to put me out. You don't understand how I got all these kids screaming and needing something, and I can't find anything right now. now. You don't know what it is that I'm, I don't need to know what it is you're going through, but I'll tell you who knows what it is that you're going through. I'll tell you who can understand what you're going through, and I'll tell you who can work your situation out, and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the only one that you need to tell your problems to. I can't do a thing for you, but God can do some things for you that man cannot do. God can fix some things for you that man cannot fix. Man will give up on you and walk away. Man will tell you while you land on your bed that there was no hope for you and God himself will lift you up. Man will tell you like they told our sister she'll never walk again. And she walks up in the church every week because she ain't listening to what man said. Man does not have the last say so in my situation. God has the last word. If God says I'm able to do it, then I'm able to do it. 
You don't have to give me a single thing. God will give me everything I need. He's the one that died for me. He's the one that got up on the cross for me. He's the one that shed his blood for me. He's the one that let him put nails in his hand and spikes in his feet. He's the one that let him take him off of that cross and put him in a borrowed tomb. But yet still, he's also the one that rolled that stone away. He's also the one that rose from our sins. He's also the one that is now seated on the right hand of the Father, interceding on my behalf, making a way for me out of no way, opening doors for me that I could not see, closing doors that I'm not smart enough not to walk through. It's God that is there for you. Don't worry about what I'm going to do. Whatever you in, whatever situation you in, you better learn how to put a praise on that situation. You better learn how to open your mouth and thank God for what he has done for wherever you are and everything that is going on in your life. Don't come up in here. Don't worry about it. You come up in here. You praise God. If you got to, run down the aisles. Don't worry about it. You go ahead and praise God. Don't worry about what nobody got to say to you. If you got to run out of your hat, it's going to be all right. Run out of your hat. It's going to be all right. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. It's going to be a, Don't worry about it. Praise God. Don't worry about what nobody thinks. God is the one. You praise God in the midst of whatever it is that you're going through. So whatever you are going through, you make sure that you put a praise on that situation. Don't be egging me on. Don't be egging me on. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stop this thing. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to stop this thing. I'm trying to. I, I told. I told my wife. I said I don't know about, about nobody else. I said, but I was happy. I was like, I got in that thing, and I start thinking about what God has done for me. I start thinking about what God has brought me from, and I tell you, I get happy thinking about how good God has been. He didn't have to do it. That's the thing. He didn't have to do it. I wasn't worthy of what he was doing for me. But he did it anyway. That's love. That's what you call love. Loving me in spite of me. Loving me in spite of all my shortcomings. He is still loving me. Still working things out. Because he loves me. Still turning situations around. Because he loves me. Still putting love where there used to not be love because he loved me. Some of you here today don't understand just how much God loves you. Some of you sitting here right now don't understand how much God loves you. You think you are unworthy of his love. But here's the thing. His love for you is not based upon what you do. His love for you is not based upon the good or the bad that you've done. His love for you is based upon him and his love. The Bible says that God is love. That's who he is. He loves you. Love isn't what he does. Love is who he is. And he loves you in spite of you. So don't ever think you are nobody. Don't, don't ever think you aren't worth anything. Don't ever think you aren't important. Don't, don't ever think you will be missed and, and, and it's better off if you weren't here. That is not a true statement. God loves you for who you are. God made you. God formed you. God breathed into you. 
He put his spirit. He loved you so much that he sent his son to die for you. His only son to die for you. That's how much he loves you. So don't you let anybody tell you you aren't worth anything and, and, and that you, there's no, you are of no Don't let anybody ever, ever tell you that. You are valuable to God. You mean a lot to him. You're precious to God. And that's all that matters. And I'm going to end on this story. I'm gonna, let me set this thing down. I'm going to end on this. This, just bear with me. It's, it's a, little, a little bit longer. But the title of this story is The Quilt. And it says, as I faced my maker at the last judgment, I knelt before the Lord along with other souls before each of us laid our lives like the squares of a quilt in many piles. An angel sat before each of us sewing our quilt squares together into a tapestry that was our life. But as the angel took each piece of cloth off the pile, I noticed how ragged and empty each of my squares were. They were filled with giant holes. Each square was labeled with a part of my life that had been difficult, the challenges and temptations I was faced with in everyday life. I saw hardships that I had endured, which were the largest holes of all. I glanced around me. Nobody else had such squares. Others had tiny holes here and there. Others' tapestries uh, were filled with rich colors and bright hues of worldly fortune. I gazed upon my own life and was disheartened. My angel was sewing the ragged pieces of cloth together, threadbare and empty like binding air. Finally, each time, um, um, each time came when each life was to be displayed, held up to the light and the scrutiny of truth. The others rose, each in turn, holding up their tapestries, so filled with their lives had been. My angel looked at me and nodded for me to rise. My gaze dropped to the ground in shame. It hadn't been all the earthly fortunes. I had love in my life and laughter, but there had also been trials of illness, death, and false accusations that took from me my, uh, my world as I knew it. I had to start over many times. I had to struggle with the temptation to quit, only to somehow muster up the strength to pick up and begin again. I had spent many nights on my knees in prayer asking for help and guidance in my life, each time offering up to the Father in hopes that I would not melt within my skin beneath the judgmental gaze of those who unfairly judged me. And now I had to face the truth. My life was what it was, and I had to accept it for what it had been. I rose and slowly lifted up the combined squares of my life to the light. And all filled gas, I'm, I'm, and all filled gas filled the air. I gazed around at the others who stared at me with eyes wide. Then I looked upon the tapestry before me. Light flooded through the many holes, creating an image the face of Christ. Then our Lord stood before me with warmth and love in his eyes, and he said, every time you gave over your life to me, it became my life, my hardships and my struggles. Each point of light in your life is when you stepped aside and let me shine through. Until there was more of me 
than there was of you. Welcome home, my child. We've all gone through difficult times, difficult things, but we have to step back and allow God to shine through. We have to allow God's face to be seen in our lives. There may be somebody here that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. While we have this selection, we're going to extend to you the opportunity. It's never too late while the blood runs warm in your veins. It's never too late.